Welcome to the Between the Pages podcast, brought to you by Boldly Seeking Ministries. Join the conversation every other Wednesday with the team and other special guests as we navigate how we can live a bold faith in between the valleys and the mountaintops of life. This episode is sponsored by Lakeview Covenant Church, where together they pursue Christ and advance his priorities across the street and around the world. Now, let's get to this week's conversation. Well, welcome, friends, to the Between the Pages podcast. This is Christmas episode one. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Happy holidays. We are now in a season of Advent. Um, I'm so excited because uh, the two episodes for the month of December are actually going to be overviews of our Christmas study that we released last year um, at Christmas time. And I would say Jenny and I were just talking before (laughs) we we were recording this episode, but this is probably one of my personal favorite yeah. um, devotionals that we've ever written. I really, really liked it. It's called A Walk to Bethlehem, and we broke down like the whole story of the Nativity from mostly the book of Luke, and it was just like a beautiful rendition of the Nativity story, and we took it verse by verse and day by day, and yeah, we're just going to give like a brief summary about the whole thing, and it's going to be good. Yeah, so a part of why we chose to do more of a verse-by-verse standpoint of this study was to kind of look at this idea of the emotional dimension of Christmas. And, you know, I think around Easter time, too, uh, and this is something that we'll talk about a little bit closer, is the emotional side of Easter. Um, Because at the same time, yes, Jesus was fully God, but he was also fully man. Yeah, Yeah. And the idea that Jesus felt emotions. And sometimes I think we look at, bible story characters and we're like oh they were like uh, incredible but it's like for mary like all of a sudden this angel is like just popping out of nowhere and it's like you're gonna have a child and he's gonna be the savior of the world like think of the emotions behind that like she's one probably scared two is like "Mm, are you real (laughs) and three just being like how is all this gonna happen and so basically in the show notes we have a link to this study and we encourage you to download it you can follow along or since this is at the beginning (laughs) of the christmas season you can walk through it's a three-week study there's a different uh kind of synopsis of a passage every single day of seven days a week for three weeks uh and as well as questions and things to ponder challenges anything like that But today in particular, we are going to look at just a brief overview of week one. We're going to talk about it. Uh, So Jenny um, was one of the writers on this study. And so Jenny, just kind of give us a little bit of an overview. Maybe let's start with day one, which was titled Full of Surprises. Yeah, as we were writing this, it really helped me slow down to like fully think about verse by verse the story of the nativity because you've you've seen it in movies before you've heard of it through sunday school and it was just really a good way to like deep dive into these verses and really like that emotional connection that you were talking about rebecca so the full of surprises one is really from mary's perspective how she was very young she was a teenager um probably like thinking of her dream wedding she's um gonna get married to joseph which it was an arranged marriage but she's probably still excited about it because i mean that's what the time was i mean like that was your womanhood is now you get to be a wife and stay at home and raise kids and things like that so i'm sure she was super excited planning her wedding thinking about all that and then her plans totally flipped when she got this surprise from an angel of all people and i really think that god chose gabriel to be like this specific angel to give her this message because gabriel was so like gentle and kind to her and was able to like just tell her all these things that she was um like looking forward to and really reassuring her and kind of like 
taking a big step of faith for her was huge because then Gabriel is also reminding her like it's okay God's got this you don't have to take it on your own like this is a lot of emotions to process but also like God is fully with you and supporting you in all of this so I think Gabriel was specifically chosen as the angel to deliver this message because it wasn't like a fiery angel with a sword like that would have been crazy scary I probably would have been scary (laughs) I would have been like um yeah so I'm gonna walk the other way thank you exactly exactly (laughs) yeah so she was able to just like really rely on the Lord and keep her emotions in check too I shared a little bit at the end of day one about like unknown my own story and it wasn't obviously like an angel came to my front door with like a box labeled surprise but like I had planned to um be a third grade teacher and I didn't get that position and after hearing that news of um not getting that teaching position I was offered a um, like a kindergarten aid and I was like that's not really what I was hoping for but sure I'll take it and like I really was able to do something like what Mary was doing and just process your emotions and think about it from like a perspective like God's got this and I know it's not quite like the same scenario but just thinking through like on your own story if you have something that you had planned in your head for a long time like a wedding or a job or or something like that and then it didn't go according to your plan it was a good surprise in the end and how God worked all that out yeah I love that and I think going into then day two of this week um, kind of what you said of Mary's had the time to process and I love uh, how you took Luke just Luke 1 verses 34 through 38, like just a few short verses, but it's so complex because you have um, the angel Gabriel is reminding Mary, like nothing's impossible with God. Like, I know you're scared. I know that there's a lot going on, but he almost keeps like Gabriel almost keeps talking about this baby that Mary's going to have. And it's like, okay, um, slow down. And it goes into like, he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high and the Lord will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end, which is verses 32 and 33. Like, okay. All of a sudden Mary's like, so this baby I'm going to have is going to inherit the kingdom of David. And he's going to be the God of the son of the most high and all these things. Like, could like i mean you even bring up this question like could you even imagine angel telling you that like your future child is gonna be great on this whole other level of like uh yeah he's gonna be the son of the most high like i could not imagine that no that's crazy like every mom obviously thinks that their kid is the best and like awesome but mary's was literally perfect like her son was the son of god like that's crazy she probably didn't think that she was worthy she probably was questioning like why me god and that really just all came into play like throughout the rest of the nativity story and i love how we can see it from like different perspectives of each character too and how god's blessings and his assurance is just really like portrayed through each character in the nativity story the thing i love about just this first part is the way that mary responds to gabriel like she's just got this crazy incredible good wild surprising news but the way that she responds and it's almost like a challenge to us of like how do we respond and I think this is almost a reoccurring theme like from our very very first episode to our fully like public launch of the episode of this idea of like how do we respond to a season change or a yes or different things that come up in our life but after Mary 
kind of just absorbs all that Gabriel has told her. She gives this humble response Mm -hmm. in verse 38. And she says, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Like she understands and what you said in your week of the study, like she understands what she has been called to do and her purpose has changed but it's still a divine purpose. Oh, like absolutely, yeah. what you said, like, okay, your purpose in those times is to be a wife and a mother. Well, now she's like, yes, she's going to be a wife and a mother, but it's on this whole other level of like, okay, yeah, this might not be exactly what you're expecting, but just think of like how this new purpose of raising the son of God is going to still change the world on a drastic level. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, jumping into day two a little bit, it goes through verses um, 34 to 38. And they were talking about how like nothing is impossible with God. And Mary was thinking like, how can I have a baby? I'm a virgin. Like I've never been with any man before. And like how on earth is am I able to have a child? And I like italicized on earth because this wasn't an earthly thing. This was a heavenly birth, a heavenly miracle that was happening for Mary. And so when we think about like earthly things, God's like power and divine like creativity is not limited by what we can think on earth like he's totally unlimited when it comes to like heavenly things so just this whole like miraculous story was really important to like italicize so I was like on earth is the main phrase and then thinking about it wasn't an earthly thing it was all about god's heavenly plan for us yeah that's so good i like i don't think i actually really caught that until you talked about it of like the italic the italicized on earth of like okay this is this heavenly divine plan like you said and um i also want to just take a different standpoint of this situation so mary gets this um news from an angel and she's not married to joseph yet They have not slept together yet. And all of a sudden, she's about to go back to Joseph and be like, you will not believe this. And so day three is um, from the chapter Matthew 1, verses 18 through 24. And Jenny ties us into Joseph's perspective of the story. Yeah, absolutely. Because sometimes we just think about like Mary and the birth of Jesus. But like Joseph played a huge role in it. So I really like taking the verses out of Matthew because it gives a more detailed like expression to what his emotions were in feeling. So in that day, it was like super taboo and like shameful if you got pregnant before you were married. So for Mary to come to Joseph humbly and say like, this is what happened. You will not believe the day I've had. And for Joseph to like keep her in her in his life and not shun her or not like disown her was really big for him it was really a humbling purpose for him too because I'm sure people were talking in the town like oh did you hear about Mary and Joseph really stood up for her and was able to provide for her like throughout the whole story so I really just like that example that he had um he was probably taken aback of course because he's like wait what is happening like the, an yeah. angel came to you today like that's just crazy and he didn't really know mary very well because it was an arranged marriage so for him to just like get to know mary more and then helping her out by like not labeling her in a shunning way or a disowning way really i think made the relationship even stronger Right. And you see in those verses, too, like he didn't want anything bad to happen to Mary. Yeah. And before making this like irrational decision based on emotions and confusion and anger and surprise and excitement and like what just happened, like because 
he all of a sudden like Mary is just telling him these things like he hasn't experienced anything from God himself correct yeah and the thing that is so cool of this idea of God's divine plan is instead of Joseph making an irrational decision to call off the engagement he says I need to sleep on this oh yeah yeah and you know I almost think like kind of you hear the phrase like never go to bed angry when you're married or in a relationship and that's something for me that I take really close to because I think um yes go to sleep on it but I I don't think it necessarily means like go to sleep on it Mm -hmm. but like take the space apart to just process yeah yeah and that's what Mary and Joseph did like Joseph physically went to sleep yeah. but i think in relationships nowadays it's like take the physical distance for an hour two hours three hours to just process and then come back yeah and yeah. figure out the issue and so Absolutely. that when joseph did go to sleep that is when he was able to have this divine intervention with uh the lord and um so in verse 20 Uh, It starts out by saying, and as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which was conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And uh, you kind of said, if that is not a telltale sign, then I don't know what is like an angel is popping into your dreams saying like this is a divine intervention from the Lord. She is conceived um, from the Holy Spirit. And you should still take her as your wife. And, you know, he he basically is like, hold up, don't break off anything. This is a plan. It's going to be okay. Yeah. And as the angel is still talking to Joseph in his dream, he actually tells him what the baby's name is I going to be. I love that too, yeah. And it's, his name will be Jesus. Yeah. And the thing that is so interesting, and you bring this up in day three of the study is that both Mary and Joseph were told that they should name their future son Jesus mm-hmm. at different times. Yeah. Like they were not told that like, you know, when you're having a kid nowadays, you pick out the name together. Right. But right. God is like telling Mary separately and Joseph separately, your son's name will be Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That is so cool. Cause we both have friends that are pregnant or have had kids and there's a lot that goes into picking the name of your child, your child. First name, Middle name, yeah. last name, and well, it's like, last name's a given. Right, right. But it's like, it's an honoring thing. Usually it's like a middle name that's been passed down or a name that's like strong in your family or naming it after your grandfather or something like that. So to have the name of like Jesus picked out for them already and for both of them to hear that f- directly from an angel is like, that's pretty important. For That's pretty important. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we have, all of a sudden we have Mary, Joseph, Gabriel, and we have... I would consider the embryo Jesus (laughs) as main characters (laughs) of um, this first part. But there's two other really important characters um, that I think kind of help with this idea of miracles. And that is um, Elizabeth and Zachariah. So could you dive deeper into day four of uh, week one? Yeah. So when you're hearing the nativity story, you kind of forget about like those side characters and Elizabeth and Zachariah are really like important side characters. So uh, Elizabeth is related to Mary. I think they're cousins. And as Mary is pregnant and she's finally like she's told Joseph they're okay with it they're super excited to have a kid now um she goes to visit Elizabeth and not knowing that Elizabeth is pregnant Elizabeth feels her baby jump inside of her while Mary is like approaching her and coming to her and Elizabeth is like (gasps) like this is a divine like 
intervention, a huge heavenly sign, like my baby is excited that you're pregnant and they're both like given huge opportunities to just like fully live in the blessings of what God is showing them through miracles. Cause Elizabeth's pretty old. She's like past the age where it's like healthy for her to have kids. She's pretty old in her age. And so she and Zechariah were kind of like, I guess we're just never going to have children. And the background for Elizabeth's story is that Zechariah was actually told by an angel that you're going to have children. And Zechariah was like not taking the news very well. Cause he thought it was a joke. He's like, no, we've been trying to have kids. We're just too old. It's not, the time for us it's not like what god wants but then when an angel tells you like nope you're gonna have kids then zachariah was like just blew it off and kind of laughed at it and the angel was like because you took it as a joke you're not going to be able to speak until your son is born like this is serious and so when elizabeth saw mary and the baby like rejoiced at mary's presence it's like that was just their telltale sign like this is a huge blessing and miracle from god which i loved reading about and I just want to look at that comparison between Zachariah's encounter with Gabriel and Mary's encounter. Yeah. Because, I mean, it the same the same angel yep. is telling two different characters of this story a very similar thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it all came down to the response, like you said. Like, Mary's response, like, yes, they both had very similar doubts of, like, how could this happen? Yeah. Like, for Mary, it was, how could this happen? I'm a virgin. And for Zachariah, it was, how could this happen? We've been trying for years. And of um, Elizabeth's age. Well, again, the response to Zachariah is, like, he was just kind of, like, joking. He was, like, yeah, that's never going to happen. Kind of being, like, eh, whatever. But Mary's response is this humble response, like, I am a servant of the Lord. And so, for Mary, it was it shows us like how we respond to something is so important. Like if there is something that's coming up in like your life where it's like, you have to make a decision or, you know, you feel this kind of sense that God is calling you to something. It's like, how are you going to respond? Are you going to respond in a humble heart or a prideful heart? And that's kind of almost like what I love about um, how, you bring in Elizabeth and Zachariah's experiences because it's like, even though, yes, it was more of this, like, okay, that's never going to happen. Kind of be like, God, really? Uh, you sent this angel to tell me, like, I don't believe you. Um, but even though, like, he didn't talk until John was born, they were still able to have this kind of full rounded experience of experiencing the miracle that God had for them. And that was to have a son. Um, and so kind of then going into day five, so we've had Mary and Joseph and little, little tiny Jesus, (laughs) Gabriel, we've had Zachariah, Elizabeth, and now we get into this one part, which I think we kind of skip over in the, in the nativity story, but I think it's so important as we look at the humble heart of Mary and it's titled a Mary song, which is actually a part of scripture luke 1 46 through 55 which is mary's song so jenny do you want to dive deeper into kind of what what is mary's song what was it about all those things yeah i think when you're talking about her response to gabriel versus zechariah's it really is shown in this like poem this like heartfelt deep emotional 
pull that Mary had. And I don't, I like to imagine her like singing it or like saying it out loud as she's like cleaning or like getting the nursery ready or, you know, whatever she's doing, preparing for this child. And she's really just fully saying like her soul is magnifying the Lord and her spirit rejoices in God. And that really is like a turnaround from like the scary feeling that she was having at the beginning of the nativity story she was confused she was afraid she's like how is this happening and now she's fully turned around and thinking like i am a servant of god i'm gonna give him the glory um i'm preparing myself for this he's shown his strength in me through this time and it that's just really a cool it's not a quick turnaround it probably took a couple weeks to like fully like assess what is happening And just for her to, like, really think about, like, this is lines of thanksgiving and gratitude that she's just pouring her heart into. She's no longer afraid or that confused woman woman at the beginning of the story. And she's just really deep diving of, like, all the good things that God is giving her. She can see that now. At the beginning, she probably was like, oh, I had this wedding planned and now it's not going to be the way that she thought it was going to be right and it's again this comparison of Zachariah's response to Gabriel versus Mary's response and this song of praise it does add again that difference between the two because even though Mary has a sense of fear and unknown and just a lot of questions she has respect for God's design purpose for her life and for her child's life and so I love um this quote that you have in this day in particular, which says God often uses people who are not great in society's eyes to work his great purposes on earth. And I love that. Cause you look at Mary, like she was just any normal woman, yeah. but now all of a sudden there's this monkey wrench thrown in the plane right. where she's still a virgin yet pregnant and is going to hold the son of God and raise up the son of God to one day be called the son of the most high to inherit the kingdom of David to save the world. Huge pressure. And it's like, yeah, again, no pressure. <laughs> like, could you imagine like being a new mom and like all of a sudden you're holding the king of the world and you're mm-hmm. like, I have to raise a king of the world. Right. Like what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, at the end of Mary's song, she kind of ends it a little bit in a different way. So I kind of want to read through some of what you had uh, written here. And it says, Mary ends her song with the hope for the future generations. As he spoke to our fathers, Mary's song is something that I always just glazed over in the nativity story and never really appreciated it before. But after kind of reading through all of this, we see with the way that she says, my soul magnifies and my spirit rejoices. You hear that sound of excitement and gratitude for the first time mother. And then quotes like done great things in me is a phrase showing Mary's servant heart and being a tool for God to use. And then when she goes through all of these things that the Lord has done, the phrase he filled the hungry with good things um, was kind of one of those things where it's like all of a sudden you're seeing the characteristics of God in Mary's song. I know. Yeah, that's cool. Which is so, so cool. Yeah. Um, but then they have another monkey another wrench, monkey wrench in story. the plan where it's kind of a little bit of a jump in time frame. Mary is probably most likely eight and a half to yeah. nine months pregnant. She's, she's popping already. And all of a sudden, Caesar Augustus decreed a census to count the population. And they have to then 
go back to their hometown of Bethlehem. And all of a sudden, Mary and Joseph are probably freaking out again. Yeah, yeah. And so as we look at day six of this first week, and I love how we're kind of doing this like discussion, deep dive into it. And friends, I encourage you download this study. It's in the show notes, download it, actually walk through it, highlight certain phrases, read the verses in full, because it is so amazing just to look at this emotional dimension. Like Mary and Joseph probably didn't want to travel at this time. She was pregnant, and but there was no option. You had to go back to the hometown of the husband. And so for Joseph, that was Bethlehem. And so this is taken out of Luke 2, 3 through 5. And so then on this road trip, you probably were, there's so many people on the road still. You had to pack up everything. It's very uncomfortable. It's hot. It's dusty. Like, I'm sorry, I could not. Like, I can barely make it through a 10-hour car ride. That's right, why I always right. prefer to fly. It's yeah. like... Point A to point B in two and a half hours. Um, but since this census is happening everywhere at the same time, people are traveling. And Elizabeth and Zachariah had their son, John. And like Gabriel promised Zachariah could speak again. Mary and Joseph were probably celebrated with them and congratulated them on their healthy baby. Um, packed up their belongings and headed out. So all of a sudden, like they were going to have like, oh, the cousins are together. All yeah, these things. Yeah. Oh, now we actually have to like walk 90 ish miles miles to get to Bethlehem like I could not imagine and um to then have this scare of like what if something happens within these 90 miles like there is no hospitals right you are on the side of this dusty trail no gps no gps (laughs) you are using the stars um and so kind of then diving into that, like that part of the passage in Luke in chapter two, it doesn't really give any description of the travels that Mary and Joseph had, but I don't know if you've watched the chosen and like their Christmas part of, mm-hmm. I y'all go watch the chosen. I love it. I stand by what they're doing of just really bringing these stories that we read to life. Yeah, and yeah. you know, the chosen, there's another um, movie out there. It's called the nativity story that kind of shows also too this travel period. You know, we don't see it in, um, Luke yeah but you kind of get with the culture and the demographics of where they were what it was like and it was rough like we talked about right right and so this kind of like idea of even though like that day in particular was just talking about this road trip Mm -hmm. and this unexpected thing that's just popping up I think it's kind of this reminder of like how do we handle different ups and downs in our life how do we handle Um, you take the concept of between the pages. How do you handle from the valley to the mountaintop? Mm -hmm. There's so much in between. And it could be a short period or a long period. For Mary and Joseph, it was 90 miles. Like, how how did they stay faithful during that time? Knowing, like, when the time was right, the baby would be born. Yeah, yeah. And go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just thinking, too, like, even today, relationships and significant others that go on trips together that's either like the breaking point or like the stronger point of the relationship like oh you forgot to pack your passport are you kidding me right or like oh. those things and then it's like or it could be like the best time of your life when you're traveling with like somebody you want to spend the rest of your life with 
So even though they didn't know each other that well, I really think this trip like established the foundation of like, this is what our marriage is going to look like. We're in this together. We're going to like keep powering through. It's super hard right now. It's like cold at night. It's freezing. And then there's also like animals around and Joseph had to like protect her and make sure she was safe and food and all that. Like that's a really trying time for them. And I think, I mean, it kind of obviously it happened for a reason, but if they didn't have to travel to Bethlehem, they wouldn't have that 90 miles together to like spend that time getting to know each other more and like really just praying over each other and thinking about their future together. So I like that part where it's like God, God has a plan all all in store and we don't really see it all the time, but yeah. And I think, I think it gave space and time for them to also talk about their fears yeah to talk about like what they were scared about how are they gonna raise because they were both told again that this is going to be the son of the most high you're gonna name him jesus and to like just have that conversation of like okay how are we going to raise this child like i'm nervous and you know that's like you said i think that's something that we can take into relationships nowadays or even friendships of like Create this space, especially if you're heading into a season of a more of a commitment and a long-term relationship, engagement, marriages. Like, create that space to talk about your fears, to talk about, like, how are you going to live life together? And that's something I think um, even in just, like, my last relationship that I was like, oh, wow, like, yeah, it was moving fast, but we didn't create the space to have those conversations. And that's something that I'm like, okay, I want to have those conversations Mm -hmm. um, with whoever my future husband is going to be, because that's so important where you create that deep, deep um, connection within yourself. And so as Mary and Joseph, they're walking 90 miles, they're just about to enter into Bethlehem. And then all of a sudden, the unexpected timing of it all, Mary starts to feel labor pains. And I can only imagine like the shock in their eyes of like, okay, this is happening. And it's happening now, of yeah. course we literally just get to Bethlehem. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is like with the census, like people are rushing. It's packed to yeah. get to their hometown. And yep. so like everyone is in the inns, everyone is at relatives house, everything. And so here's Joseph wanting to, have a nice place for mary to have her child yet also i feel like there was a part of joseph where he was thinking like i want the best for this son of the most high and to give him the best well sure enough he's knocking at all the doors and the innkeeper at the very end said the only thing i have is a stable and i think in all of this there's so many important kind of I would say like symbolisms with that of being born in a stable Mm -hmm. being born in a feeding trough like being wrapped up in cloths and um kind of in a couple weeks we're going to talk about what those symbolisms are yeah yeah because they are so important and I am reminded in the unexpected times of things that unexpected things during unexpected times can be our biggest blessings. Yeah. And I want to say that again, (laughs) because I love it. Unexpected things during unexpected times can be our biggest blessings. Yeah, absolutely. They had so many valleys and 
mountaintops in this story of like a couple months of her pregnancy and just finding out like everything the fear the worry the anxiety all that's kind of like going away as they just like take a breath and like just figure out what the next steps are and then as we go into the next week of this study we really talk about those symbolizing and moving on after what happens after Jesus is born and really just diving into it verse by verse is I think really helpful because sometimes we just quick read the story before we open presents on Christmas morning and it's just this time of advent is really like preparing your hearts for like the day of Christmas and Jesus's birth Mm -hmm. and you know it's cool because you know we have these four weeks leading up to Christmas but then also the Lenten season before Easter and like how can we live into Advent and live into Lent all year round and not just take the 40 days of Lent and the four weeks of Advent to just fully focus on the coming of the Lord and then the death of Jesus but like how can we reflect on this throughout the entire year yeah and prepare our hearts for when the kingdom will come again and thinking that way and how can the story of the nativity and the Christmas story really reflect on how we can prepare our hearts and how we can prepare for Jesus' second coming whenever that may be again unexpected things during unexpected times can be our biggest blessings the unexpected return of Jesus is going to be during a very unexpected time but it's going to be our biggest blessing absolutely absolutely man this is a lot in this yeah. episode. It was so good. I loved it. I am so ready to just dive a little bit deeper into uh, the birth of Jesus as yeah. we go throughout this story in a couple weeks. So, friends, I encourage you. Um, I challenge you to download the study. This is your challenge this week. Download the study. It's below in the show notes. And do it with a friend or do it by yourself or do it with a mentor or a small group or a group of friends, Bible study, whatever. Start walking through at the beginning of this Advent season um, through this study. It's going to help prepare your hearts for Easter, for Christmas, not Easter. <laughs> it's going to prepare your hearts for Christmas, but it's also going to challenge you and how we can think of how we can start preparing our hearts for different unexpected things that come in our life. Um in every day, but also how we can prepare our hearts for the second coming of Jesus. And so we thank you for joining thank us. You. We know this is a longer episode, but it was so, so good. And feel free to, if you want to like stop and start this podcast as you're going through each day, just to yeah. hear our own commentary on it. That is another way that you can go about this. And again, all the links are going to be in the show notes. And make sure that you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, everything. Click the notification button so you are up to date when we post different things. The nice thing that I'm really looking forward to since we are going to look at the study deeper this month. It's been out for a year now. But yeah. then on our social media to almost take it a next level deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and so over the next couple week and a half or so, we're going to be diving even deeper into week one and so on and so forth. So thank you for joining us. Merry Christmas. We cannot wait to see um, what the Lord does in this Advent season. And so make sure that you come back in a couple weeks where we do a deeper dive into week two. Thank you.